today on The Lab Report. We have superstar influencer, Dr. Will Cole. Big deal, people. Michael, I think I better fix my hair. But we're calling him on the phone. I know. Okay. The world of medicine can be challenging. Clinicians and patients are always looking for more options, more effective treatments, and in the end, more answers. Functional and integrative medicine focuses on addressing root causes of disease. Here at Genova Diagnostics, we've watched this field evolve and grow for over 35 years. We've not only adapted, we've led. Join us as we talk about functional medicine, laboratory testing, and optimizing health. Welcome to the Lab Report. You know, Michael, if you Google or you search on iTunes and the podcasts for functional medicine, Will Cole's name comes up like a hundred times. Really? Yeah. Hello. Hi, Michael Chapman. How's it going, Patty Devers? It's going really well. Excellent. Glad to hear it. Welcome to the Lab Report. Welcome, everyone, to the Lab Report. This is a podcast, all things functional medicine, specialty lab testing, integrative therapeutics. Yep, it's sponsored by Genova Diagnostics, so we're very thankful for the platform. Very thankful for the platform. I can't tell you how thankful I am for the platform. Me too. It's just awesome. These are really great microphones that that we have sitting in front (laughs) of our faces. The the people sitting behind the microphones. (laughs) That's that's, a different story. Questionable. But (laughs) man, it looks good in here. It does. And you know, if you are listening to this podcast for the first time and you like what you hear, you should subscribe. Yes. And you should rate. Leave a review. That would be good. And also connect with our show. You can email us. We like connection. We do. Podcast at gdx.net. So do that. Yeah. Um, those are your errands. Those are your things I to know. do. Lots um, to do. So let's talk a little bit about today. Wow. I don't even know what to say about it today, Michael. This is a big deal. I'm so excited to talk to Dr. Wilkel. I'm super excited too. No, he's like, we should, he's like famous. Which one of us, you, you think you're more excited than I am? I don't know. Hmm. We're going to duke it out? We I don't know. Is there, there should be like an excitement check. <laughs> Maybe it's a decibel like a meter. level. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's kind of a big deal. He is kind of a big deal. Why don't we tell the audience why he's a big deal? Maybe that's probably where we start here with this particular episode. Well, he was functional in functional medicine before it was cool. That's right. Let's start there. That's right. Right. That's accurate. Yeah. You can look that up. <laughs> that is factual. He writes books, awesome books. Yes. He's world renowned. One of the books that you might be familiar with, it's called Ketotarian, very popular book. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he just recently wrote a book called The Inflammation Spectrum, which was released in the fall. Mm -hmm. So uh, he's a well-known, well-versed author. He's also a podcaster. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's a social media influencer. He really is. Have you ever gone to his Instagram? Yeah. Yeah, there's There's, a lot of cool stuff there. Yeah, it's an awesome follow. Yeah. Um, you don't need me to tell you that because there's like a hundred and <laughs> bazillion followers. So are you one of the like hundreds of thousands of people that follow him? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I am. Yeah. One of many. Hmm. Well, we're super excited he agreed to be on the podcast, so we're going to call him up. But before we do that, Michael, do I look okay? Like I'm walking into a trap with that question. <laughs> there's no right answer. There's not. All right. Well, I'm going to put on my lipstick while you dial him. Let's call him up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, we are very honored to have on the lab report Dr. Will Cole. Dr. Will Cole is a leading functional medicine expert who consults with people all around the world via webcam at drwillcole.com and locally in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He specializes in clinically investigating underlying factors of chronic disease and customizing health programs for thyroid issues, 
autoimmune conditions, hormonal dysfunctions, digestive disorders, and brain problems. Dr. Cold was named one of the top 50 functional medicine and integrative doctors in the nation and is a health expert for Mind, Body, Green, and Goop. Dr. Cole is the author of the book, The Inflammation Spectrum, in which he explores how inflammation exists on a spectrum within the body, the various systems it can affect, and how you can discover your individual food triggers to overcome chronic inflammation. He is also the author of Ketotarian, in which he melds the powerful benefits of a ketogenic diet with a plant-based one. And with that, welcome to the lab report, Dr. Cole. Yeah, welcome, Dr. Cole. Thanks, guys. Uh, I, I just need that you guys to be my hype guys every day <laughs> to right. hear all the stuff that yeah. I do. Well, I will take you up on that. Yeah, that sounds like a fun that. gig, I know. actually. I know. I've, I've seen where you've been, and I think that sounds like I, I will I'll sign you up. <laughs> I'll fight you for it, Chapman. <laughs> well, with that being said, you know, if there's some people out there who aren't familiar, can you tell us a little bit about how you arrived where you're at, how you, how you came to functional medicine um, from, from where you were originally? Yeah, so I grew up in um, a home. My parents were really interested in health and wellness before it was the industry that it is today. Right? I mean, now it's massive industry. Places like Expo West, you know, if you, if you look at the natural food industry, it really is amazing compared to what it was in the 80s and 90s, especially growing up in rural western Pennsylvania, where I'm from. It's just mm-hmm. what's not the mecca of no. of health and wellness <laughs> right. still, still isn't not today <laughs> right. but you know I was the kid drinking the weird adaptogenic tonics and like the raw goat's milk and you sprouted this and all of that so I mean that was very formative in many ways because it like showed me okay this is what but this is what eating could look like and this is I saw very quickly going to school this looked different than my friends were eating mm-hmm. so that was my early years of just seeing how food played a part in people's health and understanding it. And then that evolved to me wanting to be formally trained in this at Southern California University of Health Sciences in LA, outside of Los Angeles. And I started really early in functional medicine before, again, even functional medicine was the industry that it is today or the field of healthcare that it was today. There was no Cleveland Clinic Functional Medicine Center. There was no massive a conversation around functional medicine 11, 12 years ago. But I graduated from school knowing I wanted to talk about this and educate people about this. So we started a telehealth clinic, a virtual functional medicine practice, really early on in my whole career. I've been doing webcam consultations for over a decade now. Um, because I just was speaking about this field of healthcare that I was so passionate about, and people in different states and countries saw themselves in the things I was talking about and writing about. Kind of, I've been living and breathing functional medicine this whole time. Nothing's really changed. It's just, you know, the amount of people I'm impacting, I guess. Interesting. So I, I think one of the takeaways that I had from that is I should keep feeding my kids the weird tonics <laughs> and the weird <laughs> foods because that one yes. day they'll grow up to be just just yes. as that's right. influential. <laughs> oh, that's I love it. Yeah, my son, I, I have a 13-year-old son and 10-year-old daughter, and they they get it. I, I'm like, I, I make it age-appropriate, but I'm like, look, this is all the cool things these things are doing. Yes. You can make healthy fun. It's not some mm. punitive thing. It's <laughs> right. like, wow, look at how blessed are we that we get to do this. Not everybody gets mm. access to this. So it's a, it's a fun thing you should make going healthy for your kids fun, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, you know, because of the current situation we find ourselves in, there's, we're in the midst of a very significant change in the healthcare climate. And telemedicine is becoming more mainstream. 
Whereas you've been doing this for so long, you've been using webcam and telemedicine to reach patients all over the world. So with that, um, I'm sure there are a lot of clinicians out there who could use some help. Are there any, is there any advice you can offer to these clinicians on how to implement telemedicine in their practice? Yeah, it's really fascinating how fast the world has shifted to accommodate the virtual way of life very, just pretty much overnight. Because we all have our smartphones, we all have our laptops, but businesses and the ingenuity of shifting to online is quite remarkable. But I think as, as a healthcare practitioner, no matter what sort of field that you're in, I think that having a virtual-based clinic, especially during times like this, is very beneficial for people that are isolated, that are quarantined, but need help, they need guidance, they need coaching, they need support. So it's a, it's a great way. I mean, the, the tips that I would have, obviously, the webcam interface has to be HIPAA compliant, but everything else, really, if someone's a good clinician or a solid clinician, they're gonna, their craft is going to be the same in person or not in person because their experience in nutrition or their experience in functional medicine, to me, it's really the same thing. And if anything, it's a lot more efficient the way that we run things as a concierge functional medicine practice, we're talking to our patients in between visits electronically, like via email or webcam or phone, to give them that guidance and that support and that responsiveness that they that they need. Because I feel like a lot of times, especially for the complicated cases that we get, these autoimmune cases and autoimmune cases, uh, chronic fatigue issues, these inflammatory problems, they are not quick fix issues. They take time. They need a lot of thoughtfulness and due diligence and just sharpness intellectually and just clinically. And that there's a lot of life that happens in between visits. You know, real life happens for them. The flares happen, the bad days happen, the disillusionment happens in the in-between. So I feel like electronically and having that telehealth approach really gives the patient, the client, a more immersive experience, a lot of more of a helpful, responsive experience compared to the traditional brick and mortar model. So I, I think it has a many advantages to improve patient care and outcomes and experience overall. But that, that's, that would be some uh, gui- guidance that I could give some the new clinicians. Yeah, it sounds as if you're even a little bit more connected to the patients because of that, because they can reach oh you in between. So. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. Well, you know, just to change gears a little bit, um, I think so much of us know you from the book uh, Ketotarian, uh, which outlines and combines benefits of the ketogenic diet with plant-based diets. Um, and then more recently, you released the Inflammation Spectrum uh, this past fall. So maybe talk a little bit about that title, the Inflammation Spectrum, and the overall premise of, of this particular book. Yeah, so it's interesting because I actually started writing the inflammation spectrum before ketotarian. And for me, it was like this real, this passion project that I wanted to get the concept of some of functional medicine, the way that I see it in book form. And as you both know, but most of your listeners know that the whole premise of functional medicine or one of the major concepts of functional medicine is bioindividuality is that we're all different. And that's hard to get in, in book form, right? Because yeah. there's so many variables to consider when it comes to somebody's wellness. But I really am very happy about the product, like the end result of the inflammation spectrum, because it really allows the reader 
in lieu of you know having a functional medicine doctor, it allows them to find out what their body loves and really implement these practical functional medicine principles into their life. So the concept of it is born out of my clinical experience consulting patients. It's just really anything that I do is really an extension of me and my clinical experience. That's it. Um, Because I just love my my, my day job of consulting patients. But the inflammation spectrum is definitely uh, an outward expression of that or a, a manifestation of that. So it's, it's what I see on an hourly basis, these, this inflammation spectrum for mild symptoms like mild fatigue, maybe some bloating, maybe some background anxiety on one end of the inflammation spectrum all the way to the other end, which is the, the overt ICD-10 code. It's the autoimmune disease. It's the mm-hmm. metabolic issue. To what I've been talking a lot about in talking about the book is cytokine model cognitive function of how inflammation impacts how people's brains work. And I think that many of us in the West, even people in the functional medicine and integrated medicine space, we separate mental health from physical health. We say like, this is a mental health problem. But the reality is mental health is physical health. Our brain is part of our body. There's physiological implications, measurable so, that you can quantify, you know, what's contributing and causing and flaring up people's anxiety and depression and fatigue and brain fog. So it's something that I, I go into a deep dive of how inflammation is connected to all these health problems in the book and then how to use food as medicine to calm inflammation and really exploring the intricacies of bioindividuality when it comes to food. Because just because something's healthy doesn't necessarily mean it's the best for you. Because I like there's um like for example, some people do great with eggs, but some people get flared up with eggs. Some people do good with salad. Some people get bloating from salad. So we're talking about all the nuances of different types of food and the preparations of different types of food, of how to find out what your body loves. And then we talk about all this non-food stuff in the book as well, like stress and, and sleep and social isolation and social media addiction, all this stuff that can also drive inflammation. It's not just about food. But it's all the research around inflammation and the things that we do in our life or the things we're not doing that influences inflammation in the body. That's uh, that. yeah, that's, that's great. I love that you bring about the kind of mind body connection and, and that both fuel inflammation to a certain extent, because we talk about just how rampant inflammation is in the general population. And I mean, I guess my question would be with your clinical experience, is there one thing or maybe a couple main things that that you find are the biggest contributors to inflammation, whether that be, um, you know, physical or from a mental, emotional perspective? Yeah. So I would say a few things and that would start with what I call in the book, the core four. And those are the four foods that are most likely to cause inflammation in most people. So, I mean, notice I said most likely in most people, there are definitely going to be exceptions to this. And that is the brilliance of the book because I want the person to have their own N N of one experiment, see what works for their body and what doesn't. I'm not making any broad sweeping statements here. I want the person to experience it in their life and how they feel and how these foods make them feel. But if you look at the research and things that are most likely to cause inflammation in most people, it would be what I call the core four in the book. That's going to be things like grains, specifically wheat, but even the gluten-free grains like rice and corn and quinoa, can be problematic for many people too. So grains, wheat, rye, oats, barley, spelt, and then gluten. 
free grains as well. And then the second would be added sugar. Even the, you know, the nice, nicer sounding sugars like agave nectar right. mm-hmm. and uh, all the euphemisms for sugar can be problematic for people. Third would be high industrial seed oils or high omega-6 industrial seed oils. Those are going to be things like canola oil and vegetable oil. And then the fourth thing I would say, dairy. And I have a more nuanced conversation in the book about the different types of dairy, beta A1, casein, and beta A2, and the different subtypes and goats versus the cow dairy. I'm definitely not making one blanket statement about dairy, but mm-hmm. for the sake of simplicity here, let's just say conventional dairy. So that's going to be core four. And then as far as the non-food stuff, just as important as the food stuff here is going to be stress and sleep or lack thereof. So I, I would say those two things are just as influential on inflammation. Like, for example, research shows just one night of poor sleep has will spike high sensitivity C-reactive protein, CRP, this inflammatory marker that we can measure via blood, just one night of poor sleep let alone people mm. have this sort of prolonged di- disordered sleep cycle and they're not getting restorative sleep and that's really contributing to their inflammation levels. And then same with stress. Yeah. You know, stress, I, I, especially I just, people going, uh, I was just going to say, on, I don't sorry. I don't want to hear that, Dr. Cole, because I've got a nine-month-old at home. <laughs> He's got a new baby. <laughs> so, oh, you're, no. you're, you're completely freaking me out with that one because <laughs> it's just... You get those adoptions in doubt, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. It's just mayhem at night. It is mayhem in my house at night. Yeah, so those are definitely things, too, that are – because you could be eating really good, healthy, anti-inflammatory foods, but, you know, serving your body a big slice of stress every day or, like, not sleeping at night. And that stuff is definitely driving inflammation, too. Look, new parents, I've been there. I get it. Like, you can only control the things you can control, right? You can't stress about not sleeping if that's not an option. Then you're stressing and not sleeping. So there's a little bit of – like radical acceptance that right. needs to be played through those early years of being a dad or mom. But um, you'll get through that. I, I, I will tell you, I'm on the other side of it. It, it will pass. <laughs> Thanks. You just became my personal clinician, and I really appreciate that. I do appreciate yeah. that. You're welcome. Get out the webcam. Well, the other, the other piece of this is that in, in going through your book and even your website, you know, I was going to talk to you about how you help people identify the most reactive areas in their bodies. I know there's a lot of quizzes, and I actually took several of them, just so you know. You want to talk about a little bit about how you help to identify the most reactive areas in the body? Sure. Yeah, so in the inflammation spectrum, I started the book out with a quiz that's adapted from questions that I asked patients. So it's really just a uh, reformulation of what my methodology is of asking patients how their health is. And it's made more user-friendly for the reader. So I go through the seven main sections of the inflammation spectrum of how I see it. So I talk about the gut and then the brain and then the connection between the two. And we talk about hormones. We talk about the blood sugar system. We talk about the musculoskeletal system. We talk about the detoxification system. We talk about immunity as a separate, like autoimmunity as a separate kind of component of this inflammation spectrum. And then the eighth section is the interconnectedness of the seven. It's polyinflammation. Inflammation in one area can cause a ripple effect of inflammation in another area. Like, for example, what goes on in the gut, as, as far as, you know, of course you guys know about this, but what goes on in the gut influences the brain, and then you can have a cascade of 
imbalance and inflammation and dysfunction in the body. So the quiz allows the reader to find out where they're at on the inflammation spectrum, how high or how low inflammation levels may be, but also what areas of their system, what sort of component of the inflammation spectrum should be their focal point. And then based on that quiz score, they have a food plan that's tailored to their quiz score, and then they have a toolbox that is tailored to their quiz score too. So different foods and lifestyle practices, natural medicines to focus on, uh, based on where they're having the most inflammation level. So for example, in the brain area, we bring things like nootropics and meditation and foods to focus on to help with lowering neuroinflammation or brain inflammation and so on and so forth based on the quiz score. So that's how I start the book off to really allow the reader to find their path to, to find out what works for their body and what doesn't. Cool. Awesome. You know, you talk about eliminating foods because a portion of the book is what you're talking about, addressing the, the core four often and considering elimination. Um, but you talk about that as being freeing, which I think is an interesting concept because I think some patients are going to consider that as being somewhat restricting in a way. So right. can you talk a little bit about how you, how you think of the elimination process as being freeing? Yeah. So I, I was very intentional with weaving that context and ethos and mindset throughout that book because again all of this is born and an extension of me consulting patients so i've seen all the different excuses and the reasons why they can't do things i've read it all so i wanted to let, i'm thinking okay whoever is reading this i may or may not be able to consult them. like i'm not going to be able to talk to everybody that reads the book so what am i what are they going through headspace wise so it's really important for me to get your head and your heart right before you do any of the health and wellness stuff. Because there's only so much you can stress and strive your way into and do four weeks of that or six weeks of that or this diet or this program or this whatever. It's all really meaningless or temporary if you don't get your head and your heart right. Because if you deal with that stuff, like why are you doing the things you're doing in the first place, that's going to be the foundation of sustainable wellness. So instead of you being obsessed about this or, or thinking like this is going to be miserable and all, look at all the restrictive and punitive it is, it's shifting your perspective away from that to, well, how can I love my body enough to use food to feel great? How can I infuse grace and lightness into wellness, which is the whole goal of the book? So for me, that has to be ethos of why we're doing what we're doing. And this applies to the reader of the book, but it applies to clinicians. It applies to their patients because this has to be the core foundation of why they're doing what they're doing. And look, when it comes down to it, when I say freeing, what do I mean by that? It's feeling fatigued, having inflammation levels, having digestive problems, having hormonal problems having autoimmune issues is not a place of freedom. Mm -hmm. Feeling lousy is not a place of freedom. And when you don't have those shackles in your life, you can live the life you want to live. You can have the energy to do the things you want to do. You can have the relationships you want to have, have the passions and the hobbies and the talents that you've been born with and, and how all the, the, this ambition, you can have the ability to do that. So that is what I mean by freedom. Being unhealthy is a place of, of imprisonment for many people. 
That's an interesting mind shift. Yeah, there, really right? profound too. Yeah. yeah. But I think, you know, we're talking about eliminating and eliminating the core four and some food sensitivities. I'm just wondering, do you incorporate testing in your practice at all? I know you talked about HSCRP. I mean, do you even bother testing or do you just kind of, based on, you know, the quiz scores and, and your knowledge and, and how you see these patients, do you even incorporate testing? Oh, yes, definitely. I, I love testing so much. I think about testing in my sleep. I, I, <laughs> we do too. Like very much, yeah. And in the book, and actually both the books, in uh, Ketotarian and the Inflammation Spectrum, I have sidebars that are devoted just to labs for the people that want to get that data because it's so important for me. Yes. I, and do I realize that not everybody's going to go get a functional medicine practitioner? Yeah, I know some people aren't going to do that. So I wanted to use something like the quiz and for them to get checking with their bodies to subjectively kind of know what things are at. But that's the gold standard for a lot of these things is going to be to get diagnostic data there. So we talk about in the sidebar in the inflammation spectrum, it's called the inflammation spectrum lab. So we talk about HSCRP and homocysteine and measuring ferritin as an acute phase reactant and looking at intestinal permeability, looking at dysbiosis, mm-hmm. looking at these food reactions. So all of this stuff is really important for me. And it's, and for my day job of consulting patients, it's, it's a centered a lot around labs because I have to start with the health history to see what labs are relevant because I want to be comprehensive but still be cost effective and practical to patients. And I want to give them data that actually determines action steps that we make. So it's an educational course, but it's also giving them an objective baseline so we can compare and contrast that as we implement these principles in their life. So, yeah, without a doubt, I, I definitely implement testing. Awesome. You know, I had one question. I, I find it so interesting. You have a, a chapter in your book called Dedicate where it's really it's kind of dedicated to an anti-inflammatory cookbook. And I'm just wondering mm-hmm. what gave you the impetus to to. I guess, provide a cookbook as part of this. You're already giving so much information and teaching people how to, you know, understand their connection to their symptoms and how inflammation is driving that. And then on top of that, you're parlaying this cookbook. So what kind of drove you to to incorporate that as part of the book too? Well, I I wanted to make the book a practical manual. I wanted them to know, okay, look, these are the principles, but how do I actually, what does my day look like? What does my breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and snacks look like? So we have lots of recipes and meal plans in the book so people can actually use food as medicine practically and they can take all these concepts that I'm talking about at the beginning of the book and actually implement it really practically. You don't have to be like a whiz in the kitchen. You don't have to be like a connoisseur or a chef. You really can do this stuff very practically. Um, and it's really cool to see on social media people like tag me and these hashtags and stuff to see the recipes come to life. Because one thing, again, my, I'm so used to just the patient dynamic where I'm with them, proverbially speaking, and managing their case and seeing what they're doing. But it's another thing for somebody who's completely um, removed from them, and they're just taking these concepts and doing it on their own and taking pretty pictures of them. It's pretty cool. Yeah. But, like, um, yeah, so that's that's reason why. So it's important because then people, you didn't put the recipes in, people would feel um, discouraged or anxious or overwhelmed as to what this actually looks like, and I wanted them to see Okay, this, this is what your week looks like, and it's very simple. Yeah. 
I mean, in, in addition to writing all of these books and seeing all of these patients in consult, you're also considered a huge influencer in functional medicine, in the functional medicine space. And you appear on nationally on television, magazines, and a slew of podcasts. And in fact, you also host a podcast in association with Gwyneth Paltrow's famous Goop wellness company called Goop Fellas. How did, how did you come to be associated with Goop? Um, yeah, so I love hosting Goop Fellas. It's a lot of fun. It's Seamus Mullen, who's a, who is a chef. He can do all the fancy dishes. I can't. Cool. But he, uh, we talk about wellness from our perspective. And it's the first spinoff that Goop had. Gwyneth and Elise, chief content officer at Goop, host the main podcast. And then Seamus and I host the, the Goop Fellas one. Um, we just had mutual friends. Gwyneth and Elise and Seamus and I were all mutual friends independently. And then we all knew, each other knew one another. So they approached us with this idea and largely it was centered around the fact that they saw more men on Goop oh, and they saw guys really interested in these topics of meditation or food as medicine or Wim Hof method, all these sort of out of the box curious things that people, the guys wanted to learn about. And I've always been interested and this is what I do. But it was really cool to see them, see the demographics come up and want to give the guys that were reading the stuff on group a voice and another outlet to learn about this stuff. Yeah, I, lo- I love the name. And just to encourage people to check it out, you can find it on iTunes or Spotify or anywhere podcasts are heard. I do find that really interesting because I think, you know, a lot of times in clinical practice, I've I've joked with a lot of other functional medicine practitioners where it's sort of the, the male that that comes in is usually at the behest or the direction of somebody else who's telling them <laughs> right. to, to come in. And, you know, they're, they're classically underreporting certain things. And, and it's just, mm-hmm. that's really fascinating to, to yeah. see that there's that uh, almost like a shift. It sounds I like in yeah. the overall approach. Cool. Yeah, I, I definitely, it's interesting. And I think a lot of the guys come to this space through the biohacker vein where it's like mm-hmm. they're, they're looking at sleep optimization and brain optimization or, the energy optimization is that sort of thing. And I think voices like Ben Greenfield and right. Dave Asprey mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff, like and those are good guys, but they brought a lot of those guys that maybe before weren't really interested in wellness as a whole, but it, they, the biohacker guys were their gateway drug to the rest of us. I love it. Yeah, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. Well, Dr. Cole, Again, thank you so much for coming on and, and letting us pick your brain a little bit and talk about your book. I did have one question that's a little bit different, which is, um, do you have a favorite vegetable? <laughs> and why? And why? <laughs> I think about this too much, honestly. But, so, so they're easy questions for me. Okay. I would say sea vegetables would probably be my favorite vegetables because they're a little out of the box and they're very nutrient-dense. And not enough people are eating them. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I would say things like dulse and arame and kelp and kombu and these dulse, uh, all this nice. stuff. Uh, I love it from a mineral standpoint. And you can soak them and put them in soups and stews. You could eat them just as a snack. So kind of not your typical vegetable, but no, I would I love definitely it. say. That's a great, great answer. answer. And I don't think anyone else is ever going to say that. And me either. I mean, And you know, Michael and I did a whole <laughs> podcast on minerals and we're like, who's really eating these things? And, and we here did, we know it's yeah. Dr. Cole. Not once we did yeah, we talk same. about dulse. <laughs> and I feel yeah. ashamed of myself. We need to go back and edit that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great answer. 
But, I mean, Dr. Cole, again, we're going to encourage everyone to get uh, your book, The Inflammation Spectrum. Like I said, I took the quizzes. I went through this book, just so you know, people. And just also to, to look for the podcast, Goop Fellas, because there's a lot of great information there, too. And we're just so honored that you took the time to come and speak with us today. Yeah, thank you so much, Dr. Oh, my Cole. Goodness. Thank you, guys. You guys are really, I mean, you guys host the podcast. I mean, you don't need me to tell you this. You guys are really great at this dynamic very not everybody's <laughs> talented everybody's a podcast host these days you guys actually have skills so i really love it oh i appreciate we're that. gonna keep that sound bite we're yeah. gonna keep playing that over and over i'm just gonna, so gonna you know. record that right into the board and i'm <laughs> just gonna right. keep yeah, pressing right. thanks dr cole <laughs> <laughs> awesome well uh i hope you have a great rest of your day and and again thanks again for coming on and uh we'll, we'll talk to you hopefully again soon take care dr. yeah thanks cole. guys all right cool bye <laughs> Go ahead, Michael, say it. Well, that went well. It, that went beyond well. That was a blast. Yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, he's got good energy. Yeah, he's full of information. I, I really appreciate how he's talking about not just physiologic forms of inflammation, but also inflammation that comes from more of a mental, emotional standpoint. Mm. I find that very interesting and something that uh, we don't do enough talking about. Agreed. Patty, before we talk about anything else, I think uh -huh. we need to uh, put a disclaimer in right here. Oh, my gosh. The contents of the lab report are for educational purposes only and not to be misconstrued as diagnosis or treatment advice. Good job. Thanks. Can I ask a question? Uh, sure. Judgment-free zone? Yeah, I guess. What's a dulse? So it's not a dulse. Oh. Uh, it is just dulse in the same way as like geese. And this is, this is a vegetable that comes from the sea? Yes, it's essentially a, a seaweed. Yeah, and you can get it in lots of different forms. You can get it in a powder form, flake form. <laughs> I'm like, sea vegetables. Okay, kelp I get. I'm like, what yeah, is, kelp. What is dulse? dulse. Mm. Uh, I've seen it. You can put it in like smoothies and stuff like that, try and get more nutrition. Mm. Uh, yeah, sea vegetable. Mm. Yeah, pro probably a very original answer to the vegetable question that we probably won't get again. I agree with that, <laughs> yeah. Sea vegetables, like sea cucumber. A sea cucumber? Yeah. Mmm, delicious. It's an animal. <laughs> Next time on The Lab Report, we have on Dr. Patrick Hannaway. Wow. The yeah. man, the myth, the legend, the That's dream. Right. That's right. Get ready. You've been listening to The Lab Report. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast, rate us, and leave us a review. To learn more about Genova Diagnostics, visit our website at gdx.net. There you'll find information on specific testing, educational resources, and how to connect with our show. Call us at 1-800-522-4762 or email us at podcast at gdx.net. You know what I forgot? What? I forgot to have Will give my regards to Gwyneth. Oh, really? Yeah. Like he's really going to tell yeah, Gwyneth just, Paltrow, Michael Chapman said hello? Yeah. Tell her I said hey. Mm. Well, you are fairly charming. She might really like that. No, I mean. Let's call him back. Look, look we go way back. <laughs> lies. These are all lies.